guess this is. <laughs> My formal debut on the podcast, aside from... Aside from the intro, intro and outro voice. <laughs> so yeah, uh, for this little uh, extra supplement, whatever we're calling them, that I've been trying to record but keep getting... Distracted, <laughs> I've decided to enlist uh, my wife, Hello. Annalise, uh, to help me. Familiar to listeners as the intro and outro voice. Person, the disembodied intro voice. Yeah. Would you like to say anything? Um, <laughs> hi. Hello. I am always lurking in the background of this podcast because it's usually happening in the next room while I am working or playing Baldur's Gate, and uh, yeah. Yeah, so... We live in the same house. We do. We've had uh, some discussion about having you on for a proper episode, mm -hmm. which should be happening <clears throat> in the new year, but, <clears throat> well... I guess there's no actual rush because I live in the same house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to schedule me. It's like, oh, no, I'm just right here. Yeah. But, yeah, so hopefully that'll happen next year, but while this current year is rapidly finishing, I thought that it would be worth doing something along the lines of that familiar year-end activity of uh, best-ofs or favorites or whatever of, of the year that's ending. And uh, because recording these supplements where it's me alone makes me feel insane, <laughs> I feel like it's slightly easier to do this if I have someone to talk to. Um, I have, I guess, limited thoughts and commentary on the, the the movies of 2023, as I think I've only seen two of the ones that you want to talk about. Yeah, so, I mean, okay, so I I, I try quite hard to avoid turning into a prematurely old man or, and I do resist my seemingly natural inclination towards it used to be all fields around here type thinking. Uh, so all that said, I feel like this was a pretty bad year <laughs> for movies. I mean, it was a pretty light year for a number of reasons, including, but not limited to the, uh, WGA strikes, the SAG strikes, and... Uh, Lingering pandemic scheduling yeah, issues. And yeah, it just kind of... Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Of course. Oh, good. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, multiple, multiple things from multiple factors um, dramatically fucked up the uh, release schedules and production schedules for everything in the entertainment industry on all levels. So yeah. for those reasons and perhaps many others, it was a light year. <laughs> I'm also specifically talking, of course, about like what could broadly be considered as as horror movies, horror weird. Yeah. This this area of, of uh, culture that is hard to define, but the stuff that we talk about for this show generally, I'm, I'm, those are the things that I'm gonna talk a little bit about today, but that's also generally the category that I mean when I say this was a pretty bad year. I'm not really talking about uh, your regular dramas or comedies or superhero things, even though I get the sense that that was 
fairly it's been a fairly bad year for that stuff yeah, too. So. Yeah, and I guess I I should probably state that uh I I work in the industry. Um so like even even my end of the industry which isn't movies. Um like I work on TV shows and specifically nonfiction TV shows. Um like even that was affected by you know the strikes and everything. And Definitely. That is why I have not worked on a television show since last summer. Um That's true. So that's that's that on that. Um, but yeah, it, it overall it was a very a very weird um, off year for movies in general, and then all the genres within that because of all the strikes. Nobody was wanting to greenlight new projects, and nobody was wanting to release things, or it didn't make sense to release things if nobody could promote them. Yeah, exactly. Both on like you know large you know. Marvel level things, but then also smaller independent productions too. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, so it's been a weird year. It's been a weird one. It's been a weird one, and that's fine. Uh, you know, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's. Uh, so what I what yeah. I what I did, you know, when I started thinking, oh yeah, the year's ending, and we're what what have I watched within the last calendar year uh, that we haven't already covered? For the show, because obviously we have full episodes on those things, so I'm not interested in uh, redundancy there. So I, I looked through, you know, my watch history on the various services, and and uh, thought, okay, you know, let's. I've watched a lot of horror movies, but a great many of them are so bad <laughs> that it doesn't it doesn't warrant. They don't warrant comment beyond yeah, just like, saying there's a lot of bad horror movies out there. Bottom of the barrel Amazon Prime stuff. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Amazon Prime. No, that is where the worst. <laughs> that is where the they worst go, of though. the worst. Uh, yeah. Um, so it, it, you know, because I I, I I I try to <laughs> among all the things that I try and apparently fail to do, you know, I. I don't love just talking about things that are terrible, so it can be kind of fun to... There are whole separate podcasts for that. Yeah, that's a whole separate thing. That's not really what we're trying to do. So even though, you know, when I when I looked back over the stuff that I watched uh, in 2023 that we haven't already covered on the show, I thought, eh, it's, it's not, not the strongest list. <laughs> um I but still, that's okay. This is the mini set. It's a, Exactly. And so I picked I picked five things that I where I thought these were... These were the best things that I saw in a weird year that we haven't done proper episodes on. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about those. Yes, uh, we can have the like dream sequence music as we remember fondly back to January, February of, the, this, yeah. of this year. It's yeah, a simpler time, a more innocent time. I guess actually, <laughs> actually, yeah. Let me. I'm, I'm trying to think <clears throat> if if I want to do this like. Chronologically, in in terms of you know the one, or we could just go with the the list that you have there because I think that'll work. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, there's I'm not going for any any kind of suspense here. Right. So, okay. Th- these <laughs> this is just the list the order in which I wrote this list down. Yeah. This is not building to the best one or the yeah. It's just the order in which they were seen or remembered. Yeah. So the first the first one that I have on the list is Talk to Me, um, which is probably. I would imagine on. I haven't looked, but I would imagine is is on probably everyone's list of 
uh, best horror movies of this this past year? Yeah, I I did not watch this one, but because I am a chronically online individual, um, I saw all the internet chatter about it, and I think that's what I told you. I said, hey, people are talking about this movie. Maybe it's worth watching. Well, I also remember that 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 yeah, that's definitely uh, not just not just anybody in general, specifically people that I know and whose opinions that I value on things like movies. Yeah. So if they're saying that they watched it and enjoyed it, maybe it's actually worth watching. Yeah. And I do remember seeing the, uh, when we went to see the Barbie movie. That's right, they had the the, the thingy. The poster in the the lobby. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what's that? It was a decent looking poster. Oh, what's, you know, I have, have, that was the first time I'd been to a movie theater (laughs) since 2019. So it was like, whoa, right, posters. Whoa. (laughs) Um, Advertisements in a movie theater. Crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, um, I did watch Talk to Me, uh, I guess, very quickly, if you've completely missed what this movie is. It's it's uh, a new A24 thing made by uh, Danny and Michael Philippou, who I had not heard of prior to this, but from looking around, they seem to be uh, popular YouTube creators, YouTubers, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> not something that I, uh, not, not a world that I'm, into. <laughs> yeah. Um, neither, neither am I. Not a yeah. world uh, that is uh, a whole separate corner of the internet that I just do not participate in, and that is no slight against no, just... people with successful YouTube careers. If you can do that, all the power to you. That is just not where I go. Can't have time for everything. Exactly. So. Limited hours in the day. Anyway, uh, it's an Australian movie. Uh, I'm f- I didn't write down the names of any of the people in it, so you can you have Wikipedia. You can look this stuff yeah. up. But the gist of it is basically that it's uh, some teenagers end up in a way that is never explained really at all with a like severed hand that <laughs> that they can take out at parties. And then when you when you, you touch the hand, like in an arm wrestling, bring bring your hand to parties. Yeah, it, it'll be great. <laughs> you 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 touch the hand, and then you see you know ghosts. Cool. And, and it becomes like a local Australian teenage party game along the lines of Bloody Mary or those types of things, where it's like, how long can you? last mm. how long can you hold the hand for before you get too freaked or you get you know before weird things start happening exactly and, <laughs> and so our protagonists basically you know push that as far farther than it's been done before with horror movie consequences yes predictable consequences yeah so i thought this was um far from a bad movie <laughs> i think that's the measured uh verdict i can i can give is that it was not bad. Uh, I found it very silly, which some people that I've said this to are, are like, what? But what about this part? And what about that part referring to shocking imagery or violent scenes or something? I'm like, you know, I don't mean that those that there weren't effective scares or it, it does have very good ghost uh, imagery and it does have a, a solid vibe. But I think what I mean when I say that it's silly is that, you know, the the A24 brand <laughs> is such a, um, so revered now, and it's so associated with very serious 
movies, be those um, the entirely insufferable movies like um, Good Time or mm-hmm. Unka Joms, mm-hmm. or, you know, The Witch or The Lighthouse or... Yeah, very, very aesthetic and moody either drama or horror films and... Yeah, yeah. or... Um, a, a ghost story, you know, the, the Boo Ghost, right. uh, Ben Affleck brother movie. It's a Boo Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Boo Ghost. <laughs> um, okay. So anyway, you know, A24 has a rep. A24 yeah. has a... has. They what- have a rep. They have a, a vibe that we have all now come to expect when watching an A24 movie. Yeah, and that basically I'm saying that, you know, you that can either be, um, like a lot of sort of art brands, that that, uh, that thing that we're expecting is often right on the line between interesting and uh, completely pretentious. And so you get stuff like, oh, you know, The Witch, where I'm like, no, I actually thought that that was interesting. And then you get stuff like, you know, the I do need I even say Ari Aster movies where it's like, no, this is just pretentious nonsense. Yeah. So bringing this back to talk to me, the thing I thought was probably most interesting about this movie is not really the movie itself, but is that this almost feels like the end of that, uh, of the, this this would be the beginning of the end of A24's reign as the elevated horror, uh, Brand, yeah, and that 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 is something that I have seen expressed by very many people. Is it on the internet? Oh wow, okay. Um, specifically because of a twenty four, very publicly making the move to start um, partnering is the wrong word, but you know, going into business with um, YouTubers. Well, yeah, because they're for doing content. So like this this movie with uh, these two guys, it was their first foray into that business model. Yeah, because they're trying to turn themselves into something else. They're trying to expand, and I mean, I'm sure if any of you are on the internet as much as I am, you have seen you know the film people, movie people, and also just people who watch movies um, talking about this and how this is going to only end in tears for A24. Yeah, and I, I know that they, the, the the other bit that I saw was that there, this was something that I became aware, it was like I became aware of every aspect of this all at once, was like, oh, who made Talk To Me? Oh, it's some YouTuber guys. Okay, what else of these? Then I end up on like, what's the next A24 thing? Oh, it's something with like, Steve Pixels or some shit, who's like another YouTube. He's the backrooms guy, which I didn't know about the backrooms. So then I'm like, oh, the backrooms, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, again, now we're back to, I really don't want to be prematurely old man or used to be all fields around here, but I'm like, this is what children like? Okay, this is fine. Yeah, it's like, I guess you gotta watch something in between Fortnite games or whatever, but I would also just like to add that... um, uh, one of the reasons I was laughing so hard um, when we started talking about Talk to Me is because the um, hand reminded me immediately of the 2008-2009 Flash cartoon series uh, Foamy the Squirrel and specifically oh. the Amityville toaster episode. And so when you started talking about the, you know, the kids had a hand, I was just like, whoa, 
It's a toasted human hand. <laughs> I'll, I'll put that in the, in the episode notes. Oh my gosh. Um, you can, I, I Googled it because I um, had to remember exactly what the, the thing was called. But yeah, Foamy the Squirrel. Um, okay. Pulling that one from the depths of the internet. Yeah, I'll put that in the notes. <laughs> Um, okay, so so yeah, talk to me. It's fine. Yeah. It definitely wasn't bad. And actually, so even though I'm saying that this was a silly movie, and even though I am uh, predicting, apparently along with a lot of other people, that this marks basically A24's slide into uh, the other Blumhouse, uh, I'm definitely way more into ultimately silly movies made by YouTubers than I am anything else made by Ari Aster <laughs> or the Anka Joms guys. Right. And so... Sorry, not sorry, Safety Bros. Yeah, if it doesn't... And it, please, let's just... No more one of Tricks Point never scored movies. No more Ari Aster <laughs> movies. Just like... Boo Ghost movie was fine, but I'm, I'm good. Um, so there's my confusing... Where does Wyatt stand on all this? It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. The second movie that I yeah. watched... On to the which next is one? one of... The only two that I will un unreservedly recommend uh, is a movie called Glorious. Ah, yes. Which is another one that you told me. Yeah, I told to you about out. based on things I had seen on Twitter because again I am online all day and uh, yeah, so, so some I, friend of yours or or a, somebody somehow yeah. information about this movie um, was presented to my eyes on Twitter before Twitter kind of went up in flames. Um, and I told you, and you watched it. I did not watch it. Um, and yeah, I thought this was great. Um, <laughs> it's uh, glorious. It's it's from 2020, 2022, mm -hmm. but I watched it this year, so that counts. <laughs> um, it's directed by Rebecca McKendry, who is not a director I had been familiar with prior to looking up information about this. Um, I saw in looking at her filmography that she also directed a movie from this year called Elevator Game, which is one of the abysmally bad movies that I referenced. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm not even going to talk about these because they're so fucking bad. So somehow this woman directed one of the worst things I saw this year and also one of the best. <laughs> um, so there you go. Glorious is, is a... Uh, it's it star, what's his name, Ryan Quanton? Oh yeah, uh, from True Blood. J Jason from True Blood. <laughs> yeah, the the brother from True Blood. Good to see him getting work. True Blood was great. This yeah. is unreserved uh, recommendation to go watch True Blood. If yeah, you want, if you haven't seen it, please watch it. If you haven't seen it in a while, it's probably watch time it again. to watch it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, Glorious stars Jason from True Blood and the voice of what's his name, uh, J.K. Simmons. Yes. And it, it's essentially a, a Lovecraftian horror movie that all takes place in a rest stop bathroom where there is a glory hole that communicates with Jason. <laughs> the, that's the conduit between a between Eldritch worlds. entity and Jason from True Blood. And uh, it's kind of like a one, feels like a one man play in a in a public bathroom with a glory hole and the disembodied voice of J.K. Simmons. Love it. You know, exhorting him to various horrors. I thought it was great. I thought it was it's really, really <laughs> fun. No notes. Yeah, I thought this was pretty fantastic. It's definitely comedy horror more than it is horror horror, but it's very effective. Um, it's a really good example of, you know, doing 
the most you can with the with limited means, let's say, with one set, two actors. Yeah, one location, two actors, you know, limited, you know, super limited shoot schedule or whatever. Yeah, it's you like, feel like the, you could have made this in a week. Yeah, and, and they probably did. Probably did. Because you can do that. It was fantastic. Um, it's, it's, it made me think of something that I have probably said on here before, but that, that for my money, horror generally is a short form uh, genre. It works best as, say, short stories and sort of that vignette thing. And I find people often get into trouble the more they try to flesh out. I mean, th- thinking about Stephen King here, that so many Stephen King books have really awesome premises or really awesome sections or things like that. And his short stories are, a, a lot of them are great. But when we're talking about, you know, the novels, it's like, yeah, how do you really keep this thing going for 800 pages? And I think that there there can be a similar problem with horror movies in, you know, when we start talking about why is this two hours? Why is this, it's this whole thing? Because I'm not sure all these scenarios really work so well stretched beyond 90 minutes. minutes. And so this is a really good example of it's, it's, very minimal. It's, like I've said, one location, two characters, very clear kind of guy is having a conversation with a glory hole (laughs) monster thing. Is he going nuts? Is it real? What's going to happen? You know, and then it plays itself out and then we're done. We don't get into the larger Lovecraft mythos and we don't get into world building. The origin of the creature or anything like that. Who who gives a shit? Who cares? This Um, is a thing that is happening. Exactly. It's just, this is where we are. This scenario is going to play itself out. Credits, we're done. Yeah. So Glorious is great. Watch it. Um, it but it is it is one that had you not suggested, and you not said, oh, so-and-so said that Glorious was good. I had seen it go by on and, like, Shudder or whatever. And wouldn't have given it a second thought. And just thought, oh, it's, you know, yeah, I, I think I know what this movie's going to be. Maybe I'll watch it when I get really desperate. Yeah. But it was not at all what I thought it was going to be in a very good way. Um, number three. Number three would be The Menu, directed by Mark Mylod. Uh, this one we did watch together. Yeah, we watched this one together, and yeah, that was one that, you know, obviously got uh, a huge amount of buzz. Um, also from 2022. Also from end of 2022, and then we watched it at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, when it finally hit streaming platforms, and, or maybe it, maybe it started on Netflix. I can't remember. I don't know. Either way, um, we watched it in the comfort of our own home, and it was delightful. Yeah, this was one that, uh, I mean, it's, you know, debatably a horror movie. It's... It sort I, of isn't. I think it's a dark comedy. It's a dark comedy, but it does have, you know, a kind of murder-suicide. Right, it has some horror elements in the in the form of uh, violence, <laughs> graphic yeah. violence. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I, I I think as as two individuals who are now of a certain age, and we lived through the foodie era, mm. this was even more enjoyable because that, I mean... <laughs> Like, that's how it was. That's literally yeah. how it was. You know, things have calmed down since then. But, like, you know, 2008 to, uh, I'd, or no, 2008 is a little bit too early. That's like, too early. 
2010? I'd say two, 2000, maybe 2009, 2010 into like 2014-ish. Like that foodie, the, the foodie moment. Yeah. And like the rise of the celebrity chefs. I mean, obviously, you know, captained uh, unintentionally by Anthony Bourdain. Um, and yeah, the rise of celebrity chefs and people being so into restaurants and chefs and food mm-hmm. and the Yelpers and like anybody, yeah. anybody with a camera would go in and start trying to take, you know, food photos and post it on Instagram and have a food blog and they were foodies. Like those were all the people that we either knew directly because they were our friends <laughs> um, or yeah. just were inundated by because that's what the the climate and yeah. the culture was at the time, um, which meant it was a great time to eat food. Um, but that it could also be <laughs> a absolutely bit much. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, absolutely ridiculous. That's so many, so many times, and I think we've all had enough bacon for a lifetime after that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so the menu, I mean, it's you know, as as should be clear now, is is centered around foodie culture. Uh, basically, it's a a Noma esque, yeah, a Noma type, like super mega exclusive Noma type restaurant. Island. Yeah, and you have to take a boat to get there. And yeah, and so it's they this, only have however, however many spots available for the one meal. And it's the whole foams and and playing with expectations and playing with expectations. And the, like, and, mysterious celebrity, you know, like renowned chef and you know and all the of this build up, the cultic following of both the 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 insufferable rich people who frequent the restaurant, but also the the devotion of the the staff, the sous chefs and the, yeah. the sommeliers and all that saying, you know, we're a part of something so much bigger where you feel like this is like a... It's like a cult. This is like a cult. Yeah. And so basically what you find out is that it's uh, the movie... That it, it resembles a cult much more than, yes. <laughs> than yes. uh, you would expect. Yeah, it leans a bit more uh, Wicker Man. Or almost. Jonestown. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's, yeah, definite Wicker Man vibes with the, the island and the, yeah. you know, ultimate conclusion of this of elite, elite foodie <laughs> meal. It, it also has a lot of, um, like, very explicit satire of the Netflix show Chef's Table yes. with the way that the... Well, that, and that's because the, um, the, the food stylist... Oh, it's the same um, it's the person. Same. They, they, they right. got the, the chef's table food stylist to do the food styling, yeah. which is why it looks like it's chef's table. And it does the, the titles and it, yeah. it's very... It's like, great. It's yeah. great. It's so good. So <laughs> as, as somebody who, like, yeah, definitely uh, has, has watched pretty much all of those programs and... It is my happy lived place. Lived through that moment and everything, <laughs> but I also find it... Uh, Particularly, Chef's Table was was really like a step too far for me. Where I was like, <laughs> I like Anthony Bourdain, but I I can't I can't hang with this. I can't hang with Chef's Table. So seeing Chef's Table basically turned into a Wicker Man Jonestown type cult murder suicide scenario, yeah. I thought was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Ten out of ten. No, um, Ray Fiennes, Nicholas Holt, delightful. Uh, uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah, from <clears throat> Queen's Gambit. Yep. Great, great cast. Yeah, uh, fantastic cast. Yeah, really awesome. Um, okay, next I have a movie called Cobweb, which is directed was directed by Samuel Bowden or Bodin. I don't know how you say that. 
It's probably French. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is, yeah. is he from Quebec? Is it Baudin? <laughs> Je ne <laughs> <know>. sais pas. <laughs> um, anyway, Cobweb, another one sort of like Glorious, but more so where just from looking at the poster frame image, I thought, oh, this is going to be really fucking bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> it looked really stupid, really like, really Blumhouse-y, really like the nun or like... Uh, a little bit like malignant. It had a little bit of a malignant vibe. Or like the conjuring um, part nine or something. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like that, but so it was one of those that I, you know, seeing the poster go by, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in that. And then like glorious and certain other things, you know, like hearing finally, no, no, dude, it's actually worth watching. You should you should check it out. Don't don't read about it. Just just check it out. And I am ultimately glad I did. Um, I'm gonna summarize it very briefly that, you know, without saying, well, passing on that idea that, you know, if you want to watch it, maybe just go watch it. Uh, it feels a lot like, like an, like some of those eighties movies, like, um, <coughs> like people under the stairs or like a little bit like the Goonies or something where you have these like children's movies or, or not children's movies, but these like horror fantasy type movies with young kids where it's actually pretty fucked up but still feels fairy tale-ish and like gentle enough that you're like oh okay i like this is just kind of like a really intense adventure <laughs> yeah that would describe a little bit more like like um the Goonies, People Under the Stairs is much more ridiculous <laughs> and transgressive and everything like that but still has that feeling of like you know, these these are, you know, if you're 12 and you're watching people under the stairs and you're relating to the 12-year-old protagonist and stuff like that, you feel like, yeah, that's maybe not not the most, not the least appropriate thing that could be going on. And I feel like that's a that's a type of movie that's kind of gotten uh gotten lost, which is like the the young person's horror thing that is actually effectively scary that's well made that doesn't feel like oh this is just for children in that kind of dumb way but uh yeah so it's about a kid who hears voices in the walls and there's a sort of ominous vibe with his parents and this kind of you know are they are they being protective of him is something else going on? Are they in, you know, yeah, are they protecting him from something or are they, in fact, you know, the, uh, the cause? up to no good and <laughs> what does this have to do with what he's hearing? I did not watch this so. movie, so. Yeah, so it's pretty good. It has Lizzie Kaplan in it. Um, yeah, it's it's not, not as good as Glorious or The Menu, but, you know, made it on the list, so. Yeah, Lizzie Kaplan, who also had a, uh, a short stint on True Blood. We're keeping things uh, tied together. She did? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Who was she in True Blood? She was the girlfriend for a hot minute in like season one or two. Of Jason? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, the more you know. Yeah, well, more reason to go probably just ignore this list and watch True Blood. Yeah. <laughs> um, just go watch True Blood. Yeah, just go watch True Blood. <laughs> anyway, um, the last thing I've got on the list is a documentary, paranormal documentary called The Unbinding. Which I did watch. Which you did watch. Hooray! Um, directed by Carl Pfeiffer, uh, who directed the 
I mean, I think quite popular, but I never really know because this is, it is a pretty small corner of weird media, but, but directed the series Hellier. Which you have also from, talked about. <clears throat> uh, when did that come out? Three years in 2019 and 2020, I think, yeah. something like that. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so he, you know, he works with uh, Greg and Dana Newkirk, who are have a, a touring paranormal haunted object museum situation. It's kind of like a low budget oddities. Yeah, the the Science Channel <laughs> series oddities from like ten years ago. Yeah, bit bit like that. Yeah, we've definitely talked about Hellier on the show, Dave and I. But um, yeah, so the Unbinding. You know, people Hellier season two came out in twenty twenty, and you know the last three years people at least the people who really like Hellier, like, when's season three coming or whatever. And so there's still no season three, but we got The Unbinding, which is, you know, Hellier was a longer series about an ongoing story where this one is is much more focused. It's one, you know, 90-something minute story of one specific, you know, haunted, cursed, <clears throat> whatever, item. item from the Newkirk's collection. Or that comes to them from some fans, I think, or... Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's found and then someone tells them about it and they're like, oh, that's interesting. And well it's it's that these guys find, you know, this this voodoo doll looking object on a in, hike. On a hike in the Catskills. And at like the beginning of lots of, you know, scary stories, they take it home. Take it home <laughs> and then creepy shit starts happening. And so and then, then they are surprised. They try to figure out what do we what do we do with this? Somebody hips them to, oh, contact the Newkirks. Yeah. They take the object off the the guy's hands and then they discover, you know, the weird stuff is happening for them too. They go through uh a kind of process of investigating where did this object come from? What can we do to maybe make things better. Or... Yeah, like as paranormal investigators. And I, I had a lot of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of thoughts about this film um, <clears throat> because the actions of the characters within it um, did not match up with what um, a <laughs> what an actual knowledgeable paranormal investigator and or uh, practicing witch um, would know if they mm. encountered an object such as this in the wild. And I mean, like, like I said, it's like I just spend too much time on the internet and I was able to clock that object as a very like run of the mill, um, like binding spell. It's like, duh, yeah. of course. <clears throat> you just look at it, it's like, yeah, somebody did a binding spell. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who's been on the internet too long could tell you that. Um, and not just, you know, like niche corners of the internet or even, you know, something more poppy. Or actually, no, even someone who had just seen for a minute on TikTok of all places some passing content and videos from Witch Talk, as it's called, would have been able to look at that object and say, yep, that is the product of someone doing a binding spell. Yeah. But apparently it took them the entire movie to realize that. I mean, I get, I, I remember this when we watched it. That, yeah. you know, I, I definitely liked it more than yeah. you did. Um, I think my mom fell asleep. Yeah, She was watching asleep. it with us. But, but that's um, also moms for you. But um, I mean, yeah. I like, I really liked Hallier. I like the Newkirks. I like Carl Pfeiffer. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like this group of people. That's not to say that I think they are without flaws. Um, <laughs> I definitely... 
even in hell you're fine there there are there are along the lines of what you're saying there are things where I'm like really I'm like come on you didn't see that you didn't figure that out like this is so obvious um I did like when they brought the the creepy doll the creepy spooky bound doll um to that one you know like regional paranormal convention yeah and and like they had all their you know various uh, creepy haunted objects out and i think some so, someone asked them to take it out i think and yeah. they're like oh no we're not going to do it uh, cuz they've been keeping it in a box to keep the like spookiness contained and then finally they're like Okay, you know, just for a minute, and just shit hits the fan, yeah. and it's just like the all of the terrible things that could happen start happening the minute they open this box. Yeah, it's like, there you go. <laughs> no, and so I think that there's that was a very good scene. Yeah, I think that, that there's funny. there's something like, and that's why we don't open boxes with creepy <laughs> creepy bound dolls in them. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that sort of maybe to summarize some of what you're saying about this this documentary and I, I think you know is that there is a there is a naivete to the the Newkirks and mm-hmm. the the general sort of hellier planet weird type crew that is that is frustrating but is actually also the thing that I like which is which I, I like because I mean this is this is something you know I'm I can't defend this in any kind of formal way but like I believe them um, with both Hellier and with this. Like, so many paranormal documentary things say, like, you know, ghost adventures or yeah. ghost. I'm like, oh, the bros. <laughs> oh, you're just making shit up. Yeah, like, you're just like scaring each other in the dark. You're and like, hey, yeah. you do what you, you, you got to do. But, um, but and even though I enjoy ghost adventures, no part of me ever like <laughs> believes them, really yeah. thinks like, oh wow, these guys are, you know, in the middle of some They're really compelling <laughs> stuff. And there's something about, you know, the, the New Kirks and this, this kind of Hellier crew where I'm like, for whatever reason, I believe you guys. And I know, of course, that somebody who's, you know, not, not as sympathetic to them could, could go through the Unbinding or Hellier with me or whatever and be like, this is how they could have faked that. This is how they could have been lying about that. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I just believe them. Yeah, and, and and for me, it wasn't it wasn't a matter of like you know, oh, this is fake or whatever, because like no, we're 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 coming along on this ride, this this you know ninety minute adventure. You know, I'm along for the ride, and you know, let's yeah. see what happens. Um, but I couldn't help thinking at many points along the way of watching this movie, um, just thinking like, do you guys actually know what you're doing? Well, that's <laughs> that's exactly yeah. <laughs> because again, it's like. I, you know, me, me with my own background and also, um, I mean, including but not limited to the, the history and archaeology background, my wide uh, community of friends and colleagues in the academic community, um, <clears throat> and uh, the also large number of people I know who are witches. Um, <laughs> like, we could have had this shit handled in a week. <laughs> yeah. Like, it took them a whole year to figure this out. It's like, guys, we can get this handled in a week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, then, I Maybe think, two, depending on the time of year. Yeah. But I think that's, that's I mean, definitely, but I think that that's, that's sort of what I, what I mean when I say that, like, I believe them is that my, my believing them actually has to do with their, with that naive mm-hmm. quality and that kind of, do you guys know what you're doing thing is that, 
The thing that makes me not believe a lot of other people in the sort of paranormal research world is that they're too slick, mm -hmm. they're too knowledgeable, they're too like, oh, I got this in the bag. And that's the thing that makes me start thinking sometimes like, oh, right, you're, this is a put on, this is a, yeah, there's a cynicism that you're, can come you're making in. It, you're making it extra slick and, you know, having lots of random items that, you know, beep and boop at you to yeah. hide the fact that there isn't a lot of substance here. Exactly. And so there's something about the, like... Which is a very classic the, reality the TV. The innocence, thing. basically, of the Newkirks mm -hmm. that is the thing that makes me believe them, is the thing that makes me like them, but, but that same innocence, like you're saying, can often frustrate me because, yeah, as an occultist, as, you know, somebody with... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, and yeah, with an interest in these sorts of things, it's like, wow, you really could have figured this out faster. Or so you, much faster. Or, you know, there are some people you could talk to and, it, you know. Yeah, the but, internet exists. <laughs> yeah, and so, I, but I guess in, in summary, what I would say is that I'll take the sort of occasionally frustratingly naive Newkirks over the Zach Baganses yeah. of the world yeah. or any, the, the, any day. The, the Zach Bagans alikes. I mean, are... Zach Bagans is an icon. Yeah. Day, um... <laughs> he, he is an icon and a legend. Um... <laughs> yes, I have no beef with Zach Bagans, but yeah. he's also definitely a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's no part of me that believes Zach yeah. Bagans. <sighs> but he's been a part of I my... I believe Aaron. <laughs> I believe Aaron. I believe Aaron. Is, yeah, I like Aaron. <laughs> or uh, wasn't Billy the sound guy? <laughs> it's okay. Obviously, we like ghost adventures, yeah. but um, it is it is with full acknowledgement of how absolutely ridiculous it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, and I think my final note was for the unbinding was how absolutely ridiculous it was that Homegirl brought a like it, she brought her mortar and pestle on a like a full weekend hike into the mountains like girl grind grind those herbs at home bring them in a baggie <laughs> like why are you carting a whole mortar and pestle into the wilderness like that's taking a valuable room <laughs> and weight in your backpack and it's uh, setting sets the scene it's uh i don't know again someone was clearly not a girl scout ever yeah. or if if she was it was a very long time ago well, I'll, I'll, <laughs> never did the backpacking well she's canadian so she would have been a girl guide girl guide but, yeah um well, no but so i'm what if they had a backpacking badge i think that there's but yeah that was very silly just like girl <laughs> girl yeah. what are you doing <laughs> i mean i do think that there's you know when you're talking about like how did it take you guys this long and and all of that that angle of things one of the, I, I think probably the most, probably the most critical thing that I could say about the Unbinding, given that I I did like it, um, would be that it does feel pretty insubstantial. It feels like it feels like there's filler mm, in it, yeah. and so I, it's part of me does think like, did you guys start making a thing about this item, about this story, realized that it was going to be like 45 minutes long. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, we need to pad it out. And then it was like, oh, we need to pad it out. And so you start doing more sort of unnecessary stuff to bring it to like feature length. Mm -hmm. and Which is fair. Which, is, a, which is fine. Which is fair and a thing that totally happens. And so sometimes I think like, okay, I mean, I do think that there is a kind of innocence to the, the Newkirks and, and all that that's, it's there, but I also wonder if some of the drawn outness of the storytelling might just have had to do with like we're trying to make a <laughs> runtime. <laughs> like we need to make it to ninety minutes. Yeah, like <clears throat> this this could have either been a thirty minute episode of 
a mini-series, for example, of, oh, we're going to do a series where it's six episodes and each one is about a different object and they're all going to be 30 to 40 minutes long. It could have been a really jam-packed 30, 40-minute episode of something like that. But since that's not what they were doing, I do wonder if they were like, we have to kind of pad this out. Yeah. Anyway, The Unbinding was good. Uh, yeah, it was enjoyable. I'd recommend it. I watched it twice. Um, <clears throat> the first time I watched it when I was alone, I actually did get kind of freaked out by it, but I was also pretty high, so. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you told me that, and I was just like, oh, okay, maybe, you know, this is like, it's got, got something going on. Okay, I'm, you know, I'm curious. I yeah, and then it, out. it didn't freak you out. Yeah. So anyway, Unbinding, check it out. Cobweb, yeah, if you feel like it. The menu, definitely. Yeah, if you haven't seen it already, check it out. Watch it. Glorious, absolutely. Watch it. Talk to me. Sure. It's if you feel like it. Yeah, it's fine. So that's that's it. Uh happy end of 2023, everybody. Thank you to Anoise. Yeah. Uh Dave will be back for the next proper episode. And uh, see you in the new year. So, thank you. Bye. Bye.